The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by our bannermen, Lord Jason of House Ross, Lady Amanda of House Richardson, Lord Adam the Young Bull of House Parker, Sir Peter of House Whittingham, Sandy the Dragon, Blood of Queen Daenerys, and Lady of Jameson, Lord Brett of House Fry, Sir David of House Fraser, Lord Nelson of the Long Isle, Sir Joshua of House Ross, Lady Liz of House Hendricks, Sir Matthew of House Perry. Welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight, Fist of the Dragon, Maker of Gains, Co-Lord of the White Claw. And I am Sir Ezra, the Watchful, Stealer of Hearts, Bandit of Time, Hero of Shreve, Co-Lord of the White Claw. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today we are into John 3 of A Clash of Kings, and in our Maester study, we will be discussing Beyond the Wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as you know, it feels good, man. We are introducing so many new characters now um uh you know last week we got to meet marjorie tyrell brianna tarth uh meet back up with renly and loris tyrell and now we get to meet craster as we head north so we, the the north is going to kind of expand a little bit here so it's nice now that we're a little deeper into a clash of kings getting to talk about all these new characters Yes, yeah, so many. I mean, there's there's 19 new ones. You know, there's 19 wives, I think, is what he, he says he has up there, right? So, uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Not that we get to meet everyone. I'm just, you know, so many new characters. Um, yeah, no, it is crazy, and it's kind of cool just as we as we keep kind of moving around different regions. We bring in different, um, uh, whether it's a house or, or it's someone we, you know, going all the way back to our follow-up Fridays, we used to talk about some of these characters, and we hadn't even, you know, really got there in the books, so it's nice to... Nice to finally um, be marching through these chapters. But, yeah, it's exciting. This, this is, is going to be a good one. It's kind of a longer chapter today. It is. It is kind of a longer chapter, but uh, it's pretty straightforward. But there's definitely some hidden nuggets uh, in there today. Definitely some uh, rabbit holes we can dive <laughs> down. Yeah. But, uh, Sir Ezra, how are you doing, man? I'm doing well. Doing good. Uh, things are it's it's uh, it's a rainy week actually here in Ohio, so um, gonna be a lot of storms. I feel like maybe uh, you know getting a little bit of that Portland uh, weather, something or another. I it's literally supposed to rain every day this week, so I don't know. I'm gonna be just kind of inside doing my thing. Got to mow this weekend though, which was nice. So I got out and I got my you know got got, got some sunlight, uh, working on my tan and get out on the old mower. So that was nice, but. Um, that's about it, man. That is about it. We're closed. We're finishing up the school year. This is the last week of school right. for me. And, and uh, Ohio is opening back up, right? I mean, it's... I guess so. I I think so. Um, partially. It's not, you know, I don't know when exactly the full-blown, it's it's partially opening up, so. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, just a little by little, I think, so we'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, nice. I, I, am, I am going to be staying in my apartment for 
quite a while. I've got a lot of content to work on, you know. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's about it for me, man. How about how about you? Yeah, man, we're still under lock and key here, but a couple of counties outside of the Portland area have begun opening up. Um, had some friends. They went uh, wine tasting to a restaurant yesterday. I did not go because, uh, hey, I don't trust it. Okay, I'm. Ha, let me tell. You, let me ask you this question. How difficult is it for me to get coronavirus from going to a restaurant if I just don't go? <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah, pretty hard. So that's that's uh, yeah, that's my mind. That's my mindset on it. So yep, I'm gonna be uh, sheltering in place uh, still here, just like as making some content. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely go take a look at our YouTube because we've been pushing some more stuff out there. I think I'm actually going to be filming another mead meat and cheese here, uh, possibly this evening or certainly sometime this week. So that's definitely going to be definitely going to be a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Yeah. All, all right. Well, as um, you know, can we give one, another quick shout out here since we're recording? Yeah, absolutely. His birthday, Lord yeah. Adam Parker. Happy birthday, man. Happy birthday. This, I, you know what happy I realized? Name day, we should say. Happy name day. I, I think it's, is he not um, turning 30? Is that not what wow. I, like, I believe, I believe I believe it's three and 10. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, my thing, I mean, that's tough. You know, that is tough. I remember, you know, turning 30 and just everything changed, you know? Wow, that day for me, God, I woke up and it's like... <laughs> Man, my knee hurts, my back hurts. What the heck right. just happened? Right. Yeah, I know, dude. I'd say, yeah. So, I mean, Lord Adam Parker, we, we wish you all the best. Uh, it's it's going to be tough, okay? Winter will really uh, feel like it has set in on, on the body. Um, right. No, but he's... I'm sure there's some people that are out there that are 40 and 50. They're like, and like you guys <laughs> just wait. <laughs> you guys just uh. wait. Yeah, no, but uh, yeah. So, anyways, um, yeah. Shout out to him, um, longtime friend, and uh, you know, supporter of the podcast. So, we, we wish him the best, and just uh, saw a lot of people in the group kind of wishing him um, happy birthday as well, too. So, so yeah. Um, gosh, you know, and if there's other celebrations that people are having, you know, things that are going on, let us know. I mean, we're kind of, um, you know, it's nice to hear from people and just sort of, you know, keep in touch and and uh, hear hear what's going on in, in your lives or whatever. Follow us on social media. Uh, you know, and, and keep in touch because I have a feeling, like I said, I mean, this summer I'm going to be, you know, I might build a shed, you know, and that's about it. I mean, I'm not really going anywhere. I will be just doing my thing. So it'd be nice to kind of hear from folks, you know, make my content and then do my thing. Um, but, uh, yeah. As you're, so. you're talking about getting chickens and stuff, man, you're really like going to hunker, hey, hunker no, down. I'm serious. We're, I mean, we're going, we're going crazy. So I, I, I have a whole field that I don't use. You know, I have this field, and I'm like, what am I going to do with it? So, you know, I've been kind of talking, like, I, I'm going to fix up the fence, and, you know, I got the, um, like, I, I said I was going to build, I mean, more of a, not really a shed, it's really kind of like this this shelter, but I'm going to build, like, a little, you know, spot out there. Might put a chicken coop out, you know, on, on the on the slab. Uh, yeah, going crazy, man. So... All right, man. I really, know. really, right. I just wanted to. I've been wanting to for a while, you know. And it's just kind of we. And it's it's funny because we talked about doing this last summer, like uh, between my sister and I. And now she's like, "Well, I think we should go ahead and move forward with that." And just you know everything that's going on in, in the world. I was like, "Yeah, why not? Let's have some fun. Let's do something." Um, first summer, I'm not really doing uh, coaching or tutoring or anything crazy like that. So I've got some got some time. Um, nice, but yeah. 
Yeah. So, all right. Well, um, yeah. Do we got any update? I mean, is there is there anything? I mean, I, I've George is still writing, right? I mean, I, I wanted right, to make the right, right. Yeah, yeah nothing. Uh, you know, I'm always doing search. No, nothing really um, new here. You know, he's still he's still on Twitter, and they're doing um, little expanded segments of the audiobook, Just kind of hey, pick a selection, and then they're kind of talking about it. So it is good to know that at least on Twitter he is talking about he, he is talking about Game of Thrones. But in terms of news. Nope, nothing really. Nothing since last time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, okay. We'll just kind of we'll keep uh, keep our ear to the ground, keep listening. As we get closer to that uh, convention, we'll let you guys know, and uh, we'll we'll be speculating as to what is uh, what's happening. So, okay. Well, I think with that, then we'll just jump into kind of our our maester study uh, today. Um, kind of a short one. Um, and it will grow. We'll keep referring back to this as we continue north. Um, if you want a fun wiki page to go look up, go look up uh, Beyond the Wall. And it's just got everything here. So it's it's sort of, I mean, that's that's where we are with John, right? We've gone north of the wall and uh, we're in the haunted forest moving north. And we're heading to Craster's Keep. But it is, there's a lot, like the, like the north is huge. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. it's just, it's as big as like the North itself, if not bigger. I mean, it's, it's, it's just ma- tons of land there. So you've got, um, to the West, you have all the way to the West, you have the frozen shore and in the, in the kind of the center of that, um, which would still be West of the, um, the wall, um, West Northwest, uh, then directly North of the Bay of Ice, you have the frost fangs, which is brought up today. In, in today's chapter so we're going to be uh, heading that direction but the climate is harsh and um, it's it's if we thought it was cold around Winterfell it's even colder as we move north um, although you know what's, what was interesting about the, the climate um, it was there's a lot of rain in this uh, in this chapter and I thought it was kind of interesting I'm having a rainy week here you know but it's 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 just all rain they, they uh, John in the first half of this chapter talks about the rain hitting him in the in the face they're trying to get dry etc um, and then you will see kind of towards the end of the chapter, the cold will set in and it all kind of turns, you know, it's, um, t- turns to ice, uh, which is, which is pretty neat and mesmerizing. Um, but, uh, yeah, you've got rumors up here of, um, this, you've got rumors of giants, you've got wildlings, you've got, uh, you know, um, grumpkins, you know, all, all sorts of, uh, crazy things, all of the, all of the Snarks. sort of scariest. Yeah, there you go. All, all, all the scary stories that have been told up here, um, from from old Nan, like we're now up here, we're kind of trying to get to see what this looks like. When John is talking about Craster, he's, t- he's talking about um, what. Well, actually, he's been he's been hearing from other brothers as to what this guy is like, you know. And so for him to actually finally meet sort of a wildling is is, is interesting, you know. And it's it's he's not now he's not as scary as 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 you would think he is, right? The tales and the stories all make it seem like these people are just you know, fierce and savage or whatever, but they're just people that just happen to live on the other side of the, of, of the wall and they live free and they do not bend their knee. Okay. Um, but yeah, so there's that. Now the animals live living beyond the wall. You have deer, eagles, elk. Um, you've got rabbit, rams, shadow cats, which are pretty cool. Uh, snow bears and wolves. So we, we've got those to kind of, um, keep our eye out for. Uh, let me say this. That's sort of the, some of the geography there. 
Um, and then as for the people, we've already said wildlings, like the like the free folk um, who who live there. And mostly they live in the haunted forest. You know, we've been moving through the haunted forest, but we actually, what I think they said, seven villages we've come across, and they're all abandoned. Mm-hmm. So um, we finally find out from from Craster later on where those people are are going. Uh, but most of them live there. The harsher uh, climate is actually further to the west, which, which is Frostfangs, and it's not, um, you know, it, it's it's not an easy place to to live. So it's easier to live further. Uh, towards the shivering sea uh, versus over by the Bay of Ice, you know. So you're just you're either shivering by the sea or you're mm-hmm. actually, you know, it's... <laughs> yeah, you know, every time... Every, man, every time I look at that map, especially there's one on the wiki, it's a really good map, right, where it just shows every uh, everything they got going on there. You know, we, we've talked about this before. We're like, man, why don't they just cross down, you know, uh, over just over the Bay of Ice there? But, I mean... Yeah, it must it must, just, it must just be impossible to do. Or I mean, right? That seems to be the harder uh, route to take. But I don't know, though. It's it is it is, and I know that they have patrols. You know, again, we're patrolling south of the wall and, and near the gift and the uh, new gift or whatever. Um, but you're right. I mean, over by Shadow Tower, like yeah, there's there's a lot of different spots where you could maybe sneak down. And again, they do have issues with that. That's what some of the other um, northern, you know, lords will have to face and have to work with. Um, they, they've got to make sure that the wildlings aren't raiding too far south. Now, the other thing is that when you look at towns, you know, what if they're just there kind of hunting and fishing and doing whatever, if they come down through, through the frost fangs and across the gorge and then, you know, uh, over into the north, which then they would be in the gift or like the new gift area there, uh, you know, there's really... You have to go quite a ways until you, you you can kind of find a you know a town or or a, a people a group of people that you could maybe um, take from. So so there's that you know, right? Uh, but uh, but yeah, that's that's really um, kind of it for now. We'll kind of keep talking about the different uh, groups of people because we have a lot of groups. And I, I, as we get further along and we start to learn more about Mance Raider and the King Beyond the Wall, we'll, we'll learn about these various groups and and what they believe. Uh, and some of the sayings that are associated with these people that live beyond the wall. Um, because right now, um, we think we know a lot, but we're going to find out that we know nothing. So, you know, about these people. Right. right. Uh, John's, John's going to find that out. You know, for John's going to find it out. <laughs> right. All right. Okay. All right. Well, as let's, uh, let's dive into the reread. Yep. So this week we are into John 3. The last time, or last week I should say, we were with Catelyn as she was heading to meet with Renly Baratheon where she then sees uh, a great melee going on in which the champion Bran of Tarth is granted her request to become one of Renly's Rainbow Guard. That night Catelyn attends a feast and meets privately with Renly who insists Rob must bend the knee to him. Then a messenger arrives with news that King Stannis Baratheon has besieged Storm's End. Last time we were with John, Jon Snow helps investigate White Tree, the fourth abandoned wildling village they have encountered. Lord Commander Gior Mormont dispatches John um, with a report for Samuel Tarley to send back to Castle Black. After a short talk with Sam, John returns to Mormont to discuss how his uncle might have reacted to the abandoned village. This week in John 3, the Night's Watch finally finds people at Craster's Keep. Craster has been an ally to the Watch, but he has an unsavory reputation. Jon Snow discovers that Crasper, uh, Craster excuse me, marries his daughters and gives his young sons to the Cold Gods. 
John gets the opportunity to talk to one of Craster's wives, Gilly, about this and learns that the cold gods have bright blue eyes like the whites that attacked Gior Mormont. The next day, John rides with the Lord Commander, telling him about Craster's sons and daughters and learns that the Commander knew. Then the Commander tells him that Craster informed them that Mance Raider is gathering his people at the Frostfangs. Okay. Yep. Uh, a blowing rain lashed at John's face as he spurred his horse across the swollen stream. Beside him, Lord Commander Mormont gave the hood of his cloak a tug, muttering curses on the weather. His raven set on his shoulder, feathers ruffled and soaked and grumpy as the old bear himself. A gust of wind sent wet leaves flapping around them like a flock of dead birds. The haunted forest, John thought ruefully, the drowned forest, more like it. You know, we keep getting all of these connections to not just <laughs> death, but death specifically with drowning, man. I, I knew you were going to stop right it's there. It's just something to to keep in mind, to pay attention to, to look at. Yeah, yeah, It's it, it takes you back to the conversation. You know, um, there's a point where Melisandre... Uh, looking at Patchface, says she doesn't doesn't trust him. I mean, he scares her in in in, in some way. And um, you know what also scares? Anytime she looks north and she looks and she sees possibly a Blood Raven or whoever or or Bran, it's it seems like the enemy or it's scary. And then you've got this connection to the haunted forest being the drowned forest. And a lot of people are in these camps where they say, you know, you kind of lump people into either the god of fire or the god of ice. You know, like, they, right. like there's there's two different. Um, Groups, well, when fire meets ice, things. you get water. Okay, yeah, you get a lot it, of yeah, water. It floods. You do. You and, really do. <laughs> you know, start going down like a number twenty-seven list. Well, okay, hold on a second here. I mean, you know, well, it's mm-hmm. like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So little little nuggets, or uh, as you you said, these Easter eggs, or as I like to say, buried corn. Um, we've got some of that in this chapter for sure. So, uh, but yeah, so this is the, this kind of starts off. Um, we are learning just about more of the, like the harsh climate um, and, and sort of just the harsh terrain. There really are no roads actually going uh, north. There are what are like trails. Um, oh, they call them like ranger roads. It's like the rangers have these paths in which they, they have tra- like hunting and game trails or, you know, that the, that the wildlife will take a you know, particular trail. And so they are moving pretty slow and, and in this column. Right, so this almost like single file, maybe maybe two uh, abreast or something, but they're they're um, which which makes it you know slower. It's harder to pass like commands back. I think they say it stretches half a mile or 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 more uh, right. back, and so John has got the task of like you know riding back and telling people what's up. I mean, they hear um, the horn first. Buckwell's horn is is sounded, and so um, Jor kind of knows that they're near Craster's Keep, and so. Sends John back to kind of say, hey, uh, don't mess with his wives, <laughs> you know. Um, so I think that's interesting. I, and I want to, before I forget this, you know, as we move into Craster's Keep, it's like, here are a group of guys who are not allowed to have any wives meeting up with a guy who has 19. I just think it's very interesting right. and, and so different. And you're thinking, like, when George starts off writing this, you know, it's just like, all right, I'm going to send up all these guys that have sworn to not have any wives uh, they're gonna go meet this one guy who's had who has nineteen. You know, <laughs> it's just I just can see him, ch- you know, kind of chuckling to himself, thinking like, "Let's make that a thing," and and he did. So right. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, geez. I mean, 
you know, I mean, just when you think about where where this ultimately ends up, I mean, it's taking a bunch of guys who are, you know, I mean, outside of like John and Sam and some of the other people, right? But you know, most of these guys who are like rapers, murderers, and stuff like that to this place where they could, I mean, I, yeah, did, was it a good idea, right? I mean, you know, like to just yeah. jump kind of a little far ahead here. Do you think this was a good idea by Jor Mormont? I don't know. You know, I mean, like, it's okay on the way up. I mean, again, on the way back is where is where a lot of this breaks down and, 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 right. and, and you know, and everything. Um, they seem to kind of – there's certain members that um, are definitely necessary to keep a lot of other members in, in line and in order. And when those guys aren't there or when the force dwindles and stuff, yeah, they make some bad decisions and there's some some treachery. That, that goes on, but I don't, uh, I don't really right. know. I mean, that's, it's brought up a couple of times, you know, George guess, says that Craster's that Craster's keep is a place where yeah, that it's, it's saved the watch many times before, right? you know? So, yeah, I, I guess, I guess you just think about like how, how different it could have been had, um, Alistair Thorne been there, right. Or, you know, some, another, just another kind of hardened member who would yeah. have really, uh, commanded respect and loyalty, right. And discipline, um yeah, yeah. just because because you know it, it's something that I, yeah i guess i don't really think about a lot like oh yeah crasters keep um but now that we're here it's like all right well let's let's dive into some of these things some of these questions and, and thoughts about yeah. um this decision to go here uh like you know do you think it is it was it was it too big of an undertaking for your moment more month to do mm-hmm. kind of by himself right i mean uh, without yeah, maybe some of those, without maybe some of those other kind of bigger leaders of, of the Night's Watch as well. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. You know, like 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 the real tragedy hits when you know um, you, you you lose John and and Corin Halfhand. Like that's a big loss, you know. And so both of those characters, um, and then and then just coming back down, men that were lost, you know. Um, when when they go north and everyone's panicking now too because they've seen things that they never thought they'd see like the stories are true, um, so there's a lot that they, that that I think goes into that, um, and they just they either just don't agree with the decisions they they then just get kind of it's almost like one of those things where, uh, you you, you kind of think the world the, like the world is ending and there's nothing that you can do to stop it so let's just go crazy let's rob right. stores let's do all the things we didn't want to do before. Um, and, and you just, just go nuts. Um, it's like the purge effect or something. I kind of think that takes like the, whatever that, that frenzy is, or that, uh, we'll call them Cravens. We'll call them Cravens. They, uh, you know, that they end up going nuts. So, and it just so happens like maybe they wouldn't have, I get what you're saying. Cause you, where it happens is, is Craster's keep, you know, and it's sort of like, like the, the extra added, uh, tension, you know, them having like legitimately having these women near nearby and having all these like provisions and stuff, but then being told, you know, no, you you can't have any of that. And they've just seen like, well, we almost died. Like our and our lives are were almost taken from us. And there's this crazy, crazy like like whites are out there. I mean, like that's legit what we get to. And then it's like you're what what you know. So I that's I think part of it. It, it is it is actually. It does show you the fragileness, though, I, I think, of the Night's Watch. It's always kind of been there, that it's been a little fragile. It's been this, this everyone's going to start over. Um, some of these men are wrongly accused, some rightfully uh, accused and then punished by being sent to the wall. But uh, it's not, and it's brought up today in this chapter, that 
the Night's Watch is not what it once used to be. It's a shadow of what it once used to be. Um, you have people like Benjin who decided to go there, which is a whole other thing. Every time I say that, it makes me go, now hold on a second. Why did Benjin go? Right, you know, which in, is another the theory. It, yeah, totally but, in itself, right. But still, um, you know, it's it's crazy. Like you, you back, I mean, further back, you go a uh, thousand years ago or so, um, or, or or whatever, hundreds of years. I mean, it was just it was more prestigious and it meant more to go there and and to guard the realm. Uh, now it's where we send people. It's a form of punishment, you know, and it's uh, so. Yeah, it, it is. It's fragile. It's fragile for sure. And I and you're right. If we would have had more people there, um, who could have kept people in line, and they didn't see this weakness, uh, yeah, it, it would have been you know, a different story for sure. So. Right. Right. Well, I also, I, I also just think about the idea that it's, that it's Chior Mormont who's up there. Right. And say, and maybe not even necessarily, um, you know, like without Alistair Thorne and some of these other people to go back to the wall. Right. You know, like when the, when the group, when the group kind of splits up and they kind of just take up, take over there. Um, you know, I mean, uh, like it would be easy to just say, well, Chior Mormont died. Right. Because now you've got this band like I mean, not that they're going to go back to the wall, but let's say they decided to. Right. Like, let's say once the wildlings start coming or something, they are like, well, we can just go back to the wall. And like, well, we were trapped up there. You know, I mean, like you could make yeah. up a story. You could do yeah, yeah. whatever you want. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a ton of it gives you a ton of options. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. People go missing, nor, you know, beyond the wall. And it's it's sort of like, you know, you come back and what what tale. I mean, even sometimes they come back and rangers, if they've been missing or they lose somebody, they come back and tell a tale. Well, I mean, who's going to who's going to question it? I mean, we're not you know, we weren't right. there. So and strange things happen in the haunted forest. So. But yeah. but yeah. Yeah. So now we're, we're um, but we're, we're moving on to to Craster's. And a lot of this is is really about, you know, l- learning. Well, we get more uh, development of Sam. Um, his his character and what he's going through and that he's making his his way along here. Um, we learned that they've sent scouts on ahead and that they are also they don't want to be fl- out, you know outflanked or whatever. So they've got outriders uh, to either side of their column who are kind of you know scouting and doing and doing their thing. So um, I think at one point uh, John thinks he's coming across his direwolf uh, ghost and is it not Gren? I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, D- Dywin and Gren. Yeah. Yeah, who, who he ends up coming across. So, and that's actually where they start talking about. Um, <laughs> so this this is an interesting line. So Sam is they're they're talking about Craster. Dolores Ed had said that he had he was a terrible savage. He marries his daughters and obeys no laws but those he makes himself. Uh, and Dywin told Gren he's got black blood in his veins. His mother was a wildling woman who lay with a ranger. So he's a bastard. Right. Yeah. yeah. He's kind of like, as he's saying it, he's like, uh, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. kind of a, uh, cause he doesn't want to say it to John. Right. Like, right, yes. Right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, so, you know, we learned something about, uh, Craster. I mean, like maybe, maybe that's true. You know, may, maybe again, like a, you know, a ranger was, was North and, and he's not, he's not particularly friendly to the Night's Watch. I mean, but if they bring him a gift or there's, there's something, to be gained there, then then yeah, sure, you guys can can stay here. Um, but it's I, I one of the questions I've always had, and I don't really know if this is ever answered anywhere else, is like how does Craster like, like even when the other wildlings are like uh not exactly. not that far away? Like yeah, I was, how does I, he was keep I was, I, was just, I was just about to say I was just about to say that. It is yeah. it is really interesting because 
especially when you think, I mean, you know, like they hunt in tribes and stuff like that. So let me pull that map back up here. Um, especially like the Thens, right? Like the Thens are cannibals. I mean, they're way yeah. up there. So they'd have to march like a long yeah, yeah. way down yes, to, yes. you know, past the Fist of the First Men, right? Just to get to Craster's Keep. But maybe they're all just so scared of the others that it's just a lot easier to kind of like stay where you're at. Um, yeah. Which I think is why it's a big deal that Mance Raider is going around recruiting people right i think it's like that's why it's such a big such a big deal but it is interesting yeah to think about that he's always just he's just kind of left alone maybe it's also his his position too i think is is pretty is pretty safe it's it's just kind of on the east side of the haunted forest um close enough to the wall where there's rangers uh, and so maybe because they all know that Rangers will sometimes go there, he's kind of like in this great posi- position where he's like, I can kind of do what I want. Uh, yeah. The wildlings will leave me alone because then the Rangers come over here and, uh, you know, the Night's Watch lets me do my thing because I let them, you know, do what they want. So, yeah, that, that that could be. I mean, it's just it to me like like we're we're discussing here between White Tree, which is just kind of the first place. I think it was last John chapter. Right. We come across several of these little villages, and you're like, now wait a second. You know, beforehand, right when what's they the weren't deal abandoned there? and stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But maybe it is. Um, you know, he he again, Craster is a religious man. All right. I mean, he he he. Uh, <laughs> you know, he is, yeah. I mean, seriously, like if he's giving over that many of his sons, you know, to the gods, right? The cold gods. I doubt you're going to, I don't know. I, f- I feel like you maybe would stay like, like maybe the night's watch is just not smart enough to stay away. And maybe it's a place that you you, you more so should stay away from. I, who knows? I also think the way that he treats the night's watch is probably how he treats other wildlings. He's sort of like this, this hub or this place where you can trade, you know, like, like as long as you don't touch his wives and his stuff, like he's got stuff that you might need. I've got stuff you might need. And they might, might be some, bit of trading going on perhaps i don't know that seems i i don't because uh, i know the wildlings it's all like well they raid they do all this kind of stuff it's just it's not all raiding it's not all like that's not it all the time and and there's also um groups and factions that do it more so than others uh, so anyway yeah. um yeah because a lot of them i mean especially like when you see hard home it seems like a lot of them just live there yeah yeah it's, it's it, there's there's different um because it's vast i mean it's, it's a very vast uh area and yeah, it is kind of tribal. There's there's this tribe, that tribe, and they have different beliefs and, and a, a, almost like many you know cultures um, associated with with each place. So, but uh, okay, so yeah, we learned a little bit about uh, Craster, and um, John's going back through telling everybody just to kind of you know not not touch his wives and and to um, get ready. Here we go. Uh, we're, we're about to head there. Um, as they get closer. Uh, let's see here. How far do I head? Do I want to jump? Um, well, John's starting to think as he as he gets closer. It's it's cra- it's called um, Craster's Keep, and so he couldn't really imagine like a place made out of stone. It's sort of like, what does this place look like? You know, is it is it like some is it a castle? Is it a some fortress of some kind? Like you know, is it just like a one building? And so he's he thinks about that, and when he gets there, he realizes that it's it's really um, it's just a house. Yeah, it's just a house, and and I think the show does a good job of depicting it. It's just a small little um, farm homestead kind of thing. So with with a dike, um, it's up on a little. It's kind of on this raised mound, right? Right. And and that's pretty much uh, the gist of it. They've got some pigs. They've got some other livestock. 
Yeah, and, it's it's just yeah. a farm, really. I mean, he's just kind of got his own little little place there. Yep. Yeah. So. Okay. Um. So yeah, as they're they're, they're moving along there, um, they're deciding. You know, well, it's it's Diwin. This is a character I don't really remember that much, and so I in, in doing this reread, I kind of was like, this guy's hysterical. Um, he's the guy who's mm-hmm. got the wooden teeth, you know. Um, and uh, and, and so he's always kind of making jokes about like the weather or making jokes about uh, j- just in general. Like he's asking if it's if that's you know what he's scooping out the the mud from the horse's shoe. Is this is this right. shit? Is it just exactly you know, is all yeah, of Craster's keep just just made of yeah is yeah so uh he's just kind of a funny guy and um when when they get into craster's keep john is asked to go inside and he's hoping that that jor is going to get some answers um he's reflecting on his uncle um and wondering if he came this way and how far he came like did he did he stop because remember earlier they found two of the rangers this is this is going way back but they found some of those rangers not too far from white tree so it's it's sort of like you know i think he's asking the question what would his uncle have thought if he saw these these villages abandoned would he have continued would uncle benjen have continued on and maybe come up here to craster's keep um they don't really get any new news on that but that is something john was thinking as they were traveling north so because it's it's almost like an investigation right we're trying to figure out why these people are gone and what could be causing this and you're trying to get some intel and 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 trying to you know bring that back to the night's watch um so anyways so so he's invited in to to craster's kind of you know to sit by the fire and 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 everything and again diwin's just telling him (laughs) enjoy that (laughs) because it's raining outside no one can really you know get their get their mind around uh it's just that they, they can't get dry. It's cold, you know, and uh, just to sit inside would be nice. And actually, that was the same thing that was happening in those other villages, you know, as they're as they're moving along. They they just want to sit inside the, the the tents and the keeps or whatever because it's it's so cold out. Um, there were times though where Jor would just say, "We got to push right. on." You know, I, I just you know. really quick here. Not um, I was just thinking because you know later Bran ends up going to Craster's Keep, obviously when when obviously Craster's long dead and stuff like that, and um. You know, because he, he he talks here about I haven't seen Benjamin Stark in three years, and John was you know as you said we we're close to White Bridge and stuff like that. I was looking up to see if there was an actual location of um the cave, right? Like Blood Raven's cave. Um, there's nothing actually ever specified. Like it's not specified as some sort of specific uh place, but people have kind of broken it down, and it said um uh it doesn't necessarily well it doesn't have an exact location it is um kind of referenced as east of fist of the first men still part and like kind of north of craster's keep and close to the antler rivers so if you look at that map i mean it's just kind of not really that far from craster's keep right and then you kind of think about where bran was and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so i mean man just thinking about where benjen went um you know in the show obviously benjen becomes cold hands and a lot of people still think that that's possible in the books. Um, and so mm-hmm. it's just kind of, I mean, I, I think when you kind of, when you kind of look at now, just kind of looking at that and thinking about it, I mean, maybe that is, you know, that mm-hmm. I, I, for the people who are big Benjamin is cold hands believers. Uh, I think yeah. there's, that's definitely some, that could add some validity to it. Just looking in the, in the distance. Yeah. Well, one of the connections and it's in this chapter somewhere when, uh, John reflects on, on, um, 
the whites, with them turning to whites and them, you know, basically playing dead, faking dead, and then coming all the way back to Castle Black and then rising, you know, uh, being reanimated and, and, and attacking Jor. Um, it's, it's sort of like when they describe their hands and their feet, it's, it's the same sort of thing that, that you have with, with cold hands, um, except for whatever is animating him uh, is, is not the others, I guess. You know, uh, seems to be more, you know, animated or, or, or whatever by the magic that the children uh, have. And then there's the whole, you know, are they one and the same? So, <laughs> you know, because you look at the show and the, and the children created the White Walkers. So, I mean, it's just, it's, it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. I don't it really, is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it really it's is that's one of, Yeah, that's one of the other things I like, you know, now that we're, this is like, hey, we've been here bringing all these wildlings and stuff like that. And we've met OSHA, but now when you get a really expand on on them because uh, we for i think we forget i mean we kind of forget about them a lot i mean it, especially what, where we end up in a dance of dragons it's kind of like you really have to start putting your your mind into like different camps right because the story is so spread out it's like hold on okay now i gotta think about like what's going on in king's landing now i gotta think about what's going on in the north what's going on in esso so what's going on in dorn all right what's going on above the wall and it's almost like you're reading different books and you're kind of, you know, like thinking about like, okay, now I got to look at his storyline because it's its own thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So, <clears throat> okay. So as, as we move on, there's, um, there, there's a bit of an issue. I mean, again, we know we're not supposed to speak to any of Craster's wives and, and don't touch any of his stuff. Um, one of the things that was ironic, and it's, it's interesting that you brought up sort of the return journey and the stop at Craster's Keep later on. Uh, in this chapter, and I know this is kind of jumping ahead, but I, there's there's a line here that I want to I want to talk about that ties to something at the end of this chapter too. So you have over 200 men who you can probably only fit. I think it says about 30. Uh, yeah, John thinks to himself, well, 30 of us will be warm and dry. Um, you know, maybe you could get 50 people kind of kind of in there uh, to, to to be dry and, and and whatever, but you're still gonna have like 150 plus people, you know, outside, wet, cold. Um, just terrible, horrible conditions, really, and they're they're miserable. And you're just, it, like, the longer this goes on, and the further north they go, it just gets to be more and more, you know, harsh, and and yet they're irritable, and and everything, fear, anxiety, all that kind of stuff is setting in on them. Um, later on, Gilly notes that John did not uh, did not take any of Craster's food, and was really not off. Did you know, owes him nothing? Didn't take, uh, didn't sleep under his roof. You know, right. and so you got to remember those customs of like, if you're going to sleep under somebody's roof, you're not going to attack them. You're not going to whatever you've taken their food, uh, that sort of that, that ancient guest, right. Type of thing where you're under their protection. You're also not going to, you know, cause any, 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 any treachery. And so once that's done, that's done. And, and the reason, you know, with 200 plus men, you, you, you do that with the commanders, um, and you, cause you can't do it with everybody. So he does it with the commanders and then hopefully everybody else is going to fall in line. Well, uh, you know, the rest of them technically uh, don't owe Craster anything because they're just sleeping outside. Some of them are not even on his territory because it's just there's so many of them. So, uh, but he does have enough sort of like livestock and provisions that he's able to kind of to get them uh, a little something to eat. And uh, yeah, yeah. So that's that's kind of where we are there. Um, let's see. Yeah. So he said for you to join him, best leave the wolf outside. And he tells Ghost to kind of, you know, to stay. He says, um, that uh, yeah, he t- tells him to stay, and he goes on in, and this is where he's hoping to to learn something about what's what's going on. Um, John shoved between them, stooping to pass under the low 
uh, lintel, two dozen of the chief rangers had preceded him uh, and were standing around the fire pit in the center of the dirt floor while puddles collected about their boots. The hall stank of soot, dung, and wet dog. The air was heavy with smoke, yet somehow still damp. Rain leaked through the smoke hole in the roof. It was all a single room with a sleeping loft above uh, reached by these ladders. And again, in the show, that's exactly what they have set up. Yeah, you know, they do. I think yeah, they do a really good job of it in the show. Yeah. Yep. So. So, yeah, kind of a kind of a pitiful little place. I mean, it's big. It's big enough for for like it's probably great for Craster and his and his wives. And that's it. I mean, but now you've got 200 people here. I mean, this is going to be it's ridiculous. Um, right, and a lot of yeah, a lot of the guys do have to sleep outside. I mean, they have to sleep outside. It's cold. I mean, right, right. Uh, okay, so and then John's thinking about some some of his friends who are back at the you know what they're missing out on, and this is one of the this is one the, you know Craster's Keep is something that is talked about by a lot of the men um, from the Night's Watch, but they never really get to go there. The Rangers, the select few, those who are trusted to kind of go on the rangings and who have the skill, um, they get to go, but. Really, a lot of these guys don't like this is kind of an unprecedented thing, right? Joris is like marching his men north. So for a lot of them, this is their first time or they've they've never really they don't have much experience going this far north. And so this is one of those air quote kind of wonders of the north. Uh, and it's it's, it's such a pitiful you know kind of thing. But it's still something that, you know, Rangers will, will talk about it on their return journey uh, while they're, you know, getting warm and eating and, and what have you. So. Yeah, I like some of these lines here, right? This is um, right after that where, where Cat Craster is kind of making some demands, right? You know, I want an axe, right? You know, stuff like that. And then um, just some of these line here, you know, it says, so Smallwood says Craster is a friend to the watch. You know, do you know if, uh, the difference between a wildling who's a friend of the watch and one who's not? You know, ask the Dower Squire. Our enemies leave our bodies uh, for the crows and the wolves. Our friends bury us in secret graves. You know, I wonder how long that bear's been nailed up on that gate and what Craster had there before we came, you know, hollowing. Ed looked at the axe doubtfully. The rain, you know, is it dry in there? Right. And so it's just like this is where you're starting to get all this kind of dissension in there between, uh, you know, Craster and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, John had to laugh. Craster's one man. We're 200. I doubt he'll murder anyone. <laughs> yeah. And that's it's crazy, right? That's That's sort of the foreshadowing. I mean. And like, like again, and we're just going to kind of jump right here and talk in, in big terms, um, or uh, the, but the whole chapter, I guess, uh, because it makes sense to uh, Gilly later on, like when they're when they're leaving. Uh, one of the things that um, Jor says is that, like, yeah, there's there's a sharp axe down there. I mean, these women, if they wanted to, could maybe take this, take matters into their own hands. They're they're free. And actually, that's that's what the kind of the irony here um, is that uh, Mormont's Raven, you know, he's always you know, um, saying things like corn and snow and king and, and things like these, repeating what people are saying. Um, and it's it's interesting that when, he, like, the, the raven at one point calls one of Craster's wives, like, a slave, uh, even though he says that they are no slave, right? They, that they are no slaves, that they're free and, and whatever. But yet, it's like if you, if you watch the raven and you kind of see, uh, like, the timing as to when the raven repeats the word slave, um, it's sort of in reference to his wives, and that's kind of crazy, right? They all do kind of live in fear of him and and the gods and and, and everything, and they don't really, um, you know, make make a move against him. Um, so that's interesting, right? Mormont's almost saying like, 
Like, because John later on kind of gets in the spot where he's like, oh, I want to do the right thing, and this doesn't feel like I'm, you know, being the, uh, I don't know, like like living up to being like this chivalrous type of, you know, knight or whatever, or this the person with honor or, or you know, enacting justice, uh, because he, he kind of passes on Gilly's uh, request. But right. yet, Jor will say, well, I mean, maybe these people need to do something for themselves. And, and and things so that that's just well you know it's also the night's watch i mean to be fair guards the realm of men well yeah uh, beyond the wall is not really the realm of men <laughs> yeah i mean or is it I or mean, is it the man question. that's what john yeah john will start to kind of he's, he's already in this uh you know where he's, where he's questioning things and i think uh i think yeah i think there it's you could argue that it is. That's that's what he does later on. He argues that they that they fight for the living, you know. So, uh, okay. So yeah, yeah, okay. More with more with his his raven. They talk about uh, the rules there and everything. Um, let's see. Oh, maps. Okay, so so Sam, I do want to. Mention, so what's neat about uh, Sam's role is that he's documenting. He's also sending uh, ravens back to Maester Eamon and things, and they're trying to document their their journey. So he's, he's uh, you know, going to keep working on that. Um, and he's in there for, because he's a learned man, you know, he's in there to kind of right. uh, uh, document things. So uh, let's see, moving on. Uh, let's see, do you know the difference between, oh, something you were saying, um, well, I, 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 here's the thing. We talk about Craster, and I don't, I, I do sometimes forget that he is a, a wildling. And that's, you know, at the beginning of this chapter, we brought that up that he is a wildling. He's one of the first that they see. Um, although there's rumors that he was maybe born by, you know, or fathered by one of the Rangers or whatever. Um, we get to this conversation where they bring up the wildling king, okay? Mance Raider, the king beyond yes. the wall. And he spits. And he has, you know, he's not, again, it's, it's sort of a, it it does show you that the wildlings, it's they're not an easy people to to rally around one person and to bring them under a king. You know what I mean? Like that is not that goes against a lot of of what they believe in. And Craster really right, shows that's why us that. Yeah, so many people. That's why tons of people don't even believe that it's possible. Mm-hmm. That yeah, Mance, that Mance Raider could even do it. They just like yeah, right. There's like that's impossible. Right, right. So so again, I just I guess. Um, just going back just a little bit, that's that's sort of uh, one of the things that he was talking about. Like he he sent, um, like the king basically came, you know, sent a messenger to him, and he sent that person back without their tongue. You know, just sort of like, no, I'm not uh, not someone that you mess with. I'm not I'm not gonna you know be be a part of um, this group or whatever. And that's when he he also then makes a, another um, you know claim that he's a religious man. And that he is, uh, that he's protected in a sense. And I think he is. I think going back to our earlier conversation about like the other wildlings around him and why they don't mess with him is that this is a practice that he has been involved with for a long time. He's been giving his sons up. And actually, it looks like he's run out of sons. Like he, I mean, Gilly, that's the thing, um, you know, is pregnant and is worried that she's going to have a son and that her son will be given up to these uh, cold gods. But uh, before that happens, they start gi- uh, giving up like um, sheep and dogs. Like if they have to make sacrifices, they will sacrifice uh, to the point where it seems like almost like if he had to, you know, he might give up 
A daughter. He's giving. Yeah, or maybe. Maybe. Thing. Yeah. Daughter, wife. Yeah. So, so I, I don't know. I thought that was uh, kind of, kind of interesting, and that does lead us into the Gilly part, where, where she essentially approaches John and says that she's, you know, pregnant and wondering if, um, you know, wondering if it's true that his brother is king because she thinks kings protect people, right? And that if he, if his brother is a king, well, he's a prince, you know, and he must have some power and some sway. And and lo and behold, it's Sam, <laughs> good old Sam, who has who has uh you know, kind of uh, doing some work on the side here. But uh, she's worried that she's going to have to give birth to a son, and then that son is going to be given over. And she just can't, she just doesn't like that idea, just doesn't want that. And so she wants to, if possible, she wants to go with them, which is crazy, you know? Um, yeah, when I think of, when I, when I, th- when I think of, of, of Gilly, right, I, I think it's, it's one of the things I, uh, I think the show did well, uh, and actually in her character, I know that her ending is just kind of abrupt and, oh, she's just going on to Sam and then she wouldn't even see her right in, in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, I just think of, of like her, her character, um, you know, I, I, when you get to the end, you start to realize there's a lot of these characters who kind of come from crazy beginnings that find their way, you know, work their way to the top. I mean, she, she's, you know, with uh, Sam is like the maester of the city of the of the king. I mean, you know, she yeah. really <laughs> rides her. You know, man, oh, yeah. it all the, makes it makes <laughs> it all the way all the way to the top, right? Right. She uncovers the biggest secret. You know, there is yeah in the, sh- in, in the show, which is which is crazy. Yeah, and then of course, you know, again, she's a character who's in the baby. There's like the baby swap, right? As we get to dance with dragons, and that's going to be you know totally different. So. Yeah. Well, one of the things I always liked about Gilead was um, when she asked questions that seemed pretty simple, like she would she would question these customs and you would go like it was because she didn't understand. But then it would cause Sam to go, why do we do that? You know, or why? Why do we act that way? You know, Um, so I I always thought that was pretty, pretty cool. But um, yeah. So, again, um, Chet, and these other guys kind of show up and they're mocking John saying he's, you know, don't trust him. He's, 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 you know, bastard of Winterfell, um, you know. And, and and brother to kings, um, but basically that they're they're just giving him a hard time or whatever, and and he's kind of saying to her, you know that uh, that he can't really help her. He thinks he wishes he had coin to help her, um, right. and he doesn't feel good about like he knows what he like what he's saying to her is the right thing, and that by telling her, hey, I can't be a part of this, and we're not supposed to have any, we're not we're not, I'm not even supposed to be talking to you, but even saying that kind of felt wrong and not being able to offer her any help just didn't seem right. And this is where he starts to kind of learn, you know, what's, what's going to happen to these babes. And that's the, the other big part to this is that the night's watch does, this is a secret, you know, they don't actually, no one really talks about what Craster does with his sons. All, I think Jor says all of the Rangers know about it, but it's not something that they talk about with the other people really, um, you know, back at Castle Black or sh- you know, Shadow Tower or East Watch or, or wherever, right? Um, and they just kind of let him do his own thing. Yeah, and and so, you know, we'll we'll get into that conversation at the end here with uh, that he has with 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 Jor. Um, but that's that. You know, there's some back and forth there. Um, uh, John's kind of getting into it with Chet a little bit and saying, you know, I, I will not fight a brother, uh, while we're beyond the wall, right? Because so, he they're kind of picking on him and they're kind of you know. Uh, they're really trying to stir him up and, and trying to 
get after it. And that's, that's one of the things I think, again, this is early foreshadowing, but um, when the conditions are this bad, when you don't, when you're irritable, uh, and then sometimes you're just looking to pick a fight because it's something to, to, you know, to do or whatever. And that seems to be what, what Chet is kind of all about here. So, right. Okay. Uh, okay. After that, right. Um, uh, is where, well, I mean, I, where, where are we going to jump? We can jump to the end really. I mean, yeah, I mean, so um, basically that night, I mean, the, like the rest of this is he kind of, um, yeah, it just goes over some of the stuff that he's eating. I mean, again, hey, some some meat, meat and cheese for you, right? So absolutely, the, like like the rabbit. You know, when are you gonna make some rabbit for us? Is is what I'm wondering. Um, wow, yeah. I gotta kill one first. Uh, <laughs> what are we doing next? Next, we're doing uh, actually we're doing a Dornish thing. So total totally on the opposite side of Westeros from where we're from where we're at right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so really, in this, I mean, like, that's the big thing. They're they're um, talking about the sheep, and they're talking about, like, they're eating rabbit. He's talking with Sam, and they're they're kind of making their, uh, their their meal there and talking about how good it tastes and, you know, all that good stuff. Again, these guys are super hungry, you know. Um, let's see. So then, really, that night, uh, he, he goes to sleep, and he wakes up to this pale pink. Uh, well, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's a, a pale pink light of dawn sparkled on, on branch and leaf and stone. Every blade of grass was carved with... Um, was carved from emerald. Uh, every drip of water turned to diamond. Flowers and mushrooms alike wore coats of glass. So that part's kind of neat because he thinks about Sansa and Arya, and he really thinks about you know just what they would think of this whole thing and how Arya would want to run out and touch everything. Um, Sansa might be you know maybe would want to cry. <laughs> this is so beautiful, right? Um, right? So he thinks about how how different they uh, they act to one another. Um, and then this is when he gets into it with with Sam. He started to kind of realize that Sam is the one who who went and made these promises. You know, mm-hmm. good old Sam. You know, like I, I, you can call him a craven, you can call him whatever. But I mean, he he sees a need here. He uh, realizes that this girl is is afraid, and he's trying to do what's right. Gosh darn it! You know. Yeah, I so. mean, hey man, she's gonna have a baby. Okay, that's what he says. He says. Uh, you know, like, you know, she's going to have a she's going to have a baby. Um, Sam, have you taken leave of any of all your sense? We may not even return this way. Right. You know, thinking about like what we could bring her with us and all this stuff. And what if we right. do? Do you think the old bear is going to let you pack off with one of Craster's wives? He says, I thought maybe by then I could think of a way. You know, I don't have any time for this. John's like, I got stuff to do. Um, you know, it was impossible and dishonorable besides. So why do I feel so ashamed, though, as is what yeah. he's, is what he's thinking. I know, dude. I know. That's that's the thing is that he's um, he's torn up here a little bit. Like, this seems like the right thing to do. But but it's it's uh, yeah, he, he he can't do it. Um, one of the things and, and again, since I've kind of jumped around all, all over the place here, like like at the end here is where she's talking about look, you 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 still could do this because you haven't eaten any of Craster's foods or anything like that. Um, so, so you could, you didn't sleep under his, his roof or whatever. Um, but so it's, it's still possible, but no, we, we can't do this. And I don't know. It just sort of shows you that I think G- George kind of says like, just because you've, you've made a vow. It's one of the things I think Jamie Lannister says, right? It's a sort of like, you, you take so many vows. There's so many different things, you know, it's like, you're supposed to protect all these different people. But when it comes down to, 
choosing, you know, well, wait a second, I'm supposed to protect this person and that person. How do I protect both? You know, how do I, how do I fulfill, how do I do all of this? And it's sort of like you, like this is, um, well, it's one of the things it's what Stannis, Stannis brings up. Uh, Stannis brings it up and talking about why he, you know, fought alongside Robert because he's like, well, I mean, do you, you know, yeah. you swear one oath to a king and one oath to your that's family. Right. So that's right. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, good point. Exactly, exactly. And that's some of the things too. You know, with with the Nights Watches, they become brothers. They kind of forsake all those old ties and everything. But that's a great example of of Stannis. And that's a, that's also something that's good golly when you look at the show or you just look at Jon's arc and if he does, you know, come back alive, which I think he will. Right. Um. Yeah. What is when when family is involved. He, he had all these chances and these opportunities early on in these first two books to go back and maybe help his help his brother, you know, go back and actually fight by him and leave and do things like that. And it just didn't work out. Uh, and, he, and he didn't. He chose this this other this path. I mean, Eamon pushes him in this direction. Dor uh, pushes him down this direction of saying, you know, this is the honorable thing to do. But, you know, every once in a while, these these situations pop up where it's like, I don't feel like this is right. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm obeying a code. I'm obeying the rules, but yet, you know, what I should be doing um, or what I think I should be doing goes against them. You know, the, the right thing seems to be going against the rules. So it's just tough. You know, it's, it's that spot. Now, here's this, the um, right after where you were kind of reading there. Um, oh, he's just talking about Sam's big heart, right? Yeah, and as you say, so why do I feel so ashamed? Um, he took his position next to Mormont's side, and they, they struck off north, west along a uh, crooked game. Uh, trail melting ice dripping down all about them uh let's see he says my lord john said quietly as the wood closed in around them once more craster um has no sheep nor any sons mormont made no answer at winterfell one of the serving women told us stories john went on she used to say that there were wildlings who would lay with the others to birth half human children um, and then, you know, he kind of says, these are just tales, right? Does, does Craster seem uh, less than human to you? Uh, John says, he thinks to himself, yeah, maybe, like in, in half a hundred ways, perhaps he does. Then um, he says, he gives his sons to the wood. And then there's this long silence. Yes, yes. The mm -hmm. raven muttered, strutting. Yes, yes, yes. Um, you, you knew? And then he says, you know, Smallwood told me uh, long ago. Um, or I'm sorry. So that's, that's John saying to him, did you know? And then he says, yeah, Smallwood told me long ago, all the Rangers know, though few will talk about it. Did my uncle know all the Rangers? Um, so yeah. And, and then, um, Mormont repeated, you think I ought to stop him, kill him if need be. And then he sighs, uh, were it only that he wished to rid himself of some, you know, mouths, I'd gladly send Yorin and Conway to collect the boys. So like, if it just was about like not having enough to feed um, these boys or whatever, or something something odd like that, you know, he would they would go collect the boys and they would bring them back to Castle Black and they would raise them. They would they would they would uh, you know they'd be a part of the Night's Watch. Um, but it's not about that. Uh, the wildlings serve crueler gods than you or I. Uh, these boys are Craster's offerings, his prayers, if you will. His wives must. Offer different prayers, John thought. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. Well, you know, the, the kind of interesting thing about this is um, when you think about when you think about the others, right? And you think about the Night King. 
uh like on one hand they seem like this kind of just zombie mindless army right but then you have moments like this and it it seems like i mean clearly they would you know, i mean they they go and they they take the baby and then they turn it into a into a, you know a white walker or whatever so they clearly could just go take a lot more at once but they don't and so then you got to think, well, maybe there is some sort of, you know, thought process behind what it is that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think I think I think I think sometimes like especially with the show, right, they kind of show them as this just like mindless zombie army. But that's I don't think that's the case. I think there is no, there's a plan. There's a purpose yeah. to it. They know what they're they're doing. They do have like a consciousness, I guess. Yeah, that's actually um, I'm glad you brought that up because that's that's something that happens in this chapter and will happen later on like they do actually move with a purpose and they they did seem to remember something of their old lives that's actually what uh, i think john or jor says that uh when they brought their their fallen rangers back to castle black and they and they kind of you know come alive or whatever they knew who to attack they knew where to go and actually how to maneuver you know through the keep so they did retain some of their memories and they did have an objective seemingly which is crazy, right? That's crazy. It is. It like, is. like, they, like, like you're telling well, me there's, then there's, the, then there's the White Walkers, and then there's the others, right? And so that's mostly we're just talking about the, the Whites, I guess. Excuse me, the Whites, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but then the White Walkers, I mean, that's different because that's what these these are getting turned into. We believe. Cause yeah. Because when well, we don't know because when they touch, it, so it's like difference because the Whites are mm-hmm. dead, mm-hmm. and then they get risen, then they are risen up. But, you know, especially in the show, we see him touch the baby and then the baby's eyes go blue. Right. Yep. Yeah. And that's where you like like the mention was just it was just made there that there are half humans, you know, and that so that maybe there is this idea that, well, it was born. You know, we have a human child who then was turned into, you know, an other possibly. Um, Right. So what the shows, you know, the, the show actually shows us that we had sort of one of the first men or whatever, you know, they 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 plunge that uh, obsidian. Yeah, right. dragon glass dagger into his into him or whatever it was, and and he, and he turns into, um, well, the Night King in the show. <laughs> um, so so yeah, what is what is that all about, right? And then I I think you're right. They are way more intelligent. If you look at the prologue, the way those characters behaved, I mean, they smiled. That like the weird thing is it is that in the show they don't smile ever. Like they're not depicted as as being having some ill humor or whatever. But the way they're depicted in the prologue, they're flat out like evil man like they are almost um if you go back and read that like like they they move quickly and and they're just they're they're bizarre um but extremely strong agile and yet they and they almost had like this ill humor to them like like a like an evil smile and they were, they were I think I think it actually says they were laughing at one point I have to double check but I like it's just so it's so it's so different from you know and we get that and then we really just get the whites we don't really get the the others yet. You know what I mean? Like we don't really get to see um, more of more of the uh, others. You know, again. So, right. so it's kind of, so it's kind of bizarre. Like we're we're seeing maybe like their minions or this army that they're creating or whatever. Um, but it does seem to have some intelligence, and they are communicating with these people in in, in some way. So it just, it just makes me kind of wonder, like like who the heck are the others and why are they targeting you know the leaders of Castle Black and stuff you know that's right. that's crazy you know i i also think about like 
if Hard Home is this big, why don't why didn't they ever just march there, like in the first place? Because I mean, you know, like Hard Home's Hard Home's totally different in the books than it is in the show, right? We see it in the show, um, but I mean, obviously, we still know there's a bunch of wildlings there. I mean, it seems like nobody can stop these things, or they don't know how to. So it's just it's just it's kind of weird and bizarre. And I know that he keeps it a mystery, and that's that's kind of the point. But just like in thinking about it, it's kind of. Like, you know, here's these here's these things that, you know, the first time you see one is, you know, in the prologue. I mean, it just wrecks uh, like a trained member of the Night's Watch who, you know, is like has some nobility to him. I mean, just just wrecks him. Yeah. And that's where, you know, um, the fist of the first men is interesting because, like, are there secrets that the wildling people know or have or whatever? Are there different ways to ward against the you know fire uh dragon glass whatever it may be um is there something to the werewoods is there something that's warding that, that won't allow them into certain areas you know all that kind of stuff is things that i don't think have been it they're they're hinted at it's hinted at because of, of blood raven's keep you know and, and sort of uh going into his lair uh to see that when they go to find the three-eyed crow yeah but um, hey you know you know real quick don't really one, know one yeah. of the things we uh the horn of winter you know we talked about what would be the horn of winter will bring down the mm-hmm. wall right um Maybe the Horn of Winter controlled them. We don't know. Or war- scares yeah. them away. We don't know. Right, right, right. Exactly, yeah. And that was mentioned in this chapter, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I don't know. But it's, it's um, yeah, it's, it's just interesting, I guess, to, to think, like, that he, what's the difference, you know, between, a, like, a, like, a white and then are these children, it seems like they're being turned, you know? I mean, really, like, they're, they're not actually... Um, like there's something different, so I don't know. I don't know. I guess we'll have to keep thinking about that and uh, and look into it a little bit more. But to kind of finish this up here, so so Jor, one of the things that he says at the end is, uh, and I wonder where is this? I wanted to read this. Um, uh, yeah, he says so. the The wide world is full of people wanting help. John would that some could find the courage to help themselves. Craster sprawls up in his loft, even now stinking of wine and lost to sense. On his board below lies a sharp new axe. Were it me, I'd name it Answered Prayer and make it an end. Uh, and, you know, he's, John thinks, yeah, sure, there's 19 of them. Like, they probably could do that. Um, yet, it would be an ill day for us if Craster died. Your uncle could tell you of the times that Craster's keep made the difference between life and death for our rangers. Um, and then he goes on to talk about bannermen and honor and, and what does that all mean. But... You know, I, I keep going back to why Craster's Keep. Uh, why is that a place? It's 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 such a unique place, and it's so different. Um, I think there's got to be some truth to him having you know a a ranger who who as as a father or something, uh, because he allows the Night's Watch to stop in there. No, no what the are the other wildling villages doing that? No, that like they're not. So that's another major point where they can stop in at. Um, it makes me actually think of, you know, when, uh, I'm going to make a Lord of the Rings reference here, but you talk about, like, pity, and you just talk about, like, like things that are kind of, um, I guess, ironic. Like, everyone sort of wonders, why don't you just kill Gollum? Why doesn't Smeagol just die? And it's like, well, he has a purpose, and there's a reason, you know, why why right. that person, why, why he stays alive or why we may need him. Um, and it's almost sort of like, 
because Craster offers some benefit or whatever, he's 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 not exactly like 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 Gollum or whatever. It's not really a pity thing. Um, but that's you know he he has this uh, this role, and and George says like we'd, we without him, that's another post that we can't. It's another. It's a stopping point. It's a place to kind of gather yourself. And and then you can work well, off of Craster's keep. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he he definitely provides a service to them. I mean, and I mean, he's also he's also really he's not doing them any harm, right? He's not like, I mean, he's not in any way saying I'm going to go march on the wall, right, or kill you know rangers or anything. So, I mean, he's he's far yep. more of a, he's far more of a asset than he is a, a anything else, right? Yeah. Yep. So. Um, but right, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it there. I mean, um, like the rest of this is then they just sort of talk about, you know, moving north and, and basically how, how hard it's going to be and, uh, you know, what, what that means. I, I love that at the end, um, John does this thing where, he, you know, his fingers opened and closed and he's thinking about his sword hand, right, and how it's been healing and how he's going to need that. And it's been happening over the last couple, you know, chapters. He flexes his fingers, his hand, um, you know, just to kind of get that feeling back and, and get, get ready because he's going to, he's going to need it. He's going to need it soon. So, okay. All right. As well, uh, we do have a Raven today. This is from lady Shannon. She says, happy Monday. Congrats, which we were recording on Monday. So that's, so this works. Uh, congratulations on your YouTube channel. Uh, it's neat. Finally seeing you guys, except now I am obsessed with what's in the background. What books are on your shelves? I spent the last week or so spiraling down the rabbit hole named Val. Who is she? What is she? How is she? I have so many questions, and any answers that I have found simply lead to more questions. I think this would be a great episode for your YouTube channel, getting into the backstory and theories around who she is, because she's obviously important. Uh, Aren't they all? LOL. The latest theory I heard is that she is the daughter of Ned Stark and Ashara Dane. I literally went to camp out in Gurr's front. Or I would literally want to camp out in Gurr's front yard with signs demanding answers. Anyway, here's a fun fact. Did you know that you have two listeners named Shannon, both living within an hour of each other in Ontario, Canada? I was relieved to find this out as I've heard uh, you read at many Ravens that I didn't remember sending. <laughs> I hope this goes very well. Stay, uh, you know, stay good, uh, Lady Shannon. Okay, well, all right. Well, uh, we'll keep that in mind. We got a couple of Lady Shannons, both who live in Canada. So, yeah, that, that was funny to me. I thought, wow, okay. Yeah, could you imagine sitting there and thinking, like, I did not write that write right that raven uh, like, yeah uh, yeah, yeah that'd be really weird yeah yeah because they both always mentioned you know ontario canada and, and stuff it's fun it's, it's good to hear where people are from i love i love kind of uh it helps us kind of remember who people are when we can kind of put a location to it to, to a name um so actually we have a couple uh we just got another message someone wants us to cover i think it's damon targaryen mm-hmm. um on on youtube we will co- cover Val, and we're going to do it in depth on YouTube. I think right now we're going to do a, a quick little uh, chat about Val and why why she is significant. It's interesting. We're we're beyond the wall, so this is uh, this is kind of cool. Um, I've got a lot of different thoughts about Val, and I think uh, our, our YouTube we're going to try to do as as detailed of a video as we can on Val because it is one of our most like downloaded um, YouTube videos. Abs- yeah, absolutely. People yeah. yeah, people love when we're talking about it, so we're gonna make make a couple of these. She's, she, yeah, because she, she's fascinating. Um, we could even break it down in a couple parts because there are there, there's this facet. If you go back to the pink letter um, episode that we did, gosh, I'm trying to remember when that was, but it's it's been a while back. We talked specifically about the pink letter and theories around it. Um, who writes it? We talked about Bail the Bard. 
we talk about the idea that the wildlings maybe are using some of the division um, at Castle Black to their advantage, and that Val is possibly in secret communication uh, with with other wildling leaders, and and you know she's she's kind of the like air quote royalty. She's sort of who you would uh, defer to next as being this this leader, being um, you know as close as she was to to Mance Raider and and everything. So uh, and she carries herself. Kind of like a royal, you know, um, like a obviously princess, her, a warrior her, princess. Her, her hair color and stuff like that, too, is something that a lot of, a lot yeah. of people look at and point at. Right, right. So so th- there's there's a lot um, that we can kind of talk about because there's, there's uh, you know, clearly the way that people interact with her uh, elevates her, her status. And she's already in, in a uh, position of kind of somewhat power within the wildling camp. Uh, as as they move south, so we'll we'll kind of learn about um, her and her sister, and and everything uh, there. But I mean, you know, wh- I think we're gonna save the who is she, what is she, how is she, <laughs> you right. know, for, for 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 later. I just wanted to kind of point out that there is some interesting um, theories out there, fan theories, just about what the wildlings are actually doing, and when their greatest supporter. By the way, this is interesting. You think about winds of winter theories. Um, when you know the reason that they that they are able to go uh, through the wall and everything is just is John. I mean, John is is a big reason as to why they, um, you know, like, like even trust the Night's Watch and, and everything because he's set with Mance Raider. You know, they they knew him, etc. All this stuff. Um, there, there's actually a lot to cover there because th- there's a, there's several points uh, in time where Mance or Rattleshirt whatever um like is is uh supposed to be kind of hidden away he's not people believe he multiple times a window is mentioned being opened right behind him and maybe he's slipping out speaking to val people know that mance is still alive um and whatever you know and then and then he um has the whole duel as rattleshirt with with john um that some of this confusion that some of what we read in the pink letter that they believe that the, that the writer of that letter maybe is Mance Raider uh and that there are too many references there to well it just um there's these connections back to Bale the Bard and right. and um so anyways I don't know it's it's kind of fascinating to think that once John is killed though like what's going what are the you know wildlings going to do you know i mean Right, like, like, what, what, what? How is the Night's Watch going to react to to all of this? And who's going to keep the order? And who, you know, what I'm saying because Stannis is not there, John has been killed. Um, you've got this new group uh, who are stepping up into, you know, to kind of take over the Night's Watch. You still have um, the Queen well, and Melisandre, and, right? And remember the difference is Davos is like is gone, right? Like in the show, yeah. I think Davos is there, isn't he? Yeah, isn't he, is. he isn't he there? Yeah, he is. So yep. you don't have that kind of connection then so is it gonna and sam's gone i mean that's same uh so i mean who's gonna be yeah exactly who's gonna who's gonna go be like we need to take john's body and you know hide it so for if yeah if we do get in that melisandre route right and so that's where i think it, that's an interesting um point to kind of speculate on are, are, are the dynamics there like do they immediately resurrect john uh does it take some time like you said who's going to preserve him or whatever um, is it Val? Uh, will it be Melisandre? Will will Val kind of will, will will the wildlings see this as an opportunity to to you know to strike or something? You know, it's just, there's so many different ways that 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 could kind of go, and I don't think people have given it 
I don't know. I, I just think there's more to it there. Um, you still have all the stuff with the Queens men who are there keeping people in, in line. You still have a good amount of, um, you know. Yeah. I mean, you have to think Val's coming back from hard home, although she, she's mentioned in the, well, she's not, she's not captured, but she's mentioned in the pink letter as you need to bring yeah. her to. Yep. Well, and that's the other thing too is so is that like you're going to have yeah, how is that all going to shake down, right? I mean, like like uh what what what's going to be the hard home situation, like 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 the after effects of that. Right. You know, coming back to Castle Black and stuff too. Maybe it's torment. Maybe she comes back like and and, and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you so you would say like like you if you're looking at the show and we do this a lot, but you think about like uh what what torment is doing. He's sitting with John when when they get the pink letter and everything and then like like maybe he is someone who kind of helps um you know take care of him sort of like davos did in the show right and kind of set and kind of push like we need him back or whatever i don't know you know i mean it, it could be uh something to that effect yeah so okay yeah but yeah all yeah right. uh, thanks lady shannon that's Absolutely. awesome we'll, we'll kind of follow up with a youtube video on that yeah so all right guys well uh as always we want to thank you for playing the game of thrones in our next episode we'll be discussing chapter 24 theon 2 of the clash of kings if you like our podcast don't forget to subscribe like us write a review leave a comment or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com we'll see you in a week and remember that winter is coming